Welcome to the Hit Parade Podcast. Come join the nation's award-winning number one repack brand and our host, Joe Kay, Patrick Mancuso, and Tom Hughes as we discuss all the happenings in the world of sports entertainment and we speculate on where things are going in the industry. Follow along for some hot takes and cool products that you're going to want to hear about. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hit Parade Podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Joe Kay, alongside Tom Hughes and Pat Mancuso. Hey, boys. Morning, morning. What's Hello. going on? Um, welcome back, guys. I know we took a little week off there. There's just a whole bunch of changes going on for Hit Parade, so uh, couldn't really get a podcast out. We're sorry for that, because I did get a few, lit, uh, apparently people who listen every week are like, where's the podcast? What's going on with it? So that makes me feel pretty good, honestly. Yeah, you know, it was a, it was a big week, a lot of changes going on. Um, obviously, what changes is growing pain sometimes, so dealing with a little bit of that. Uh, but overall, you know, be a good things in the future, just busy week. And unfortunately, sorry, we missed you. We missed a, a big week in sports. Yeah. Um, but that's all right. Like I said, though, it feels good to be missed by our listeners. I didn't, yeah. think, I, you never know until like you hear that stuff, like how it's going. And that was really cool. Our friends from across the pond in uh, England were like, where's the podcast? So that makes yeah. me feel good too. Yeah. We're international, baby. Good. Let's go. Um, but sticking to the States, we had two shows this week that we were at. We went to Chantilly, we went to Denver. Um, let's start with Chantilly. Uh, Tom, why don't you talk about it a little bit? Cause we got some interesting signings happening. So Chantilly is always a great show for signings. Uh, they always have a good lineup when it comes to uh, who they bring in for signings. This one was no different. Uh, obviously, Patrick's having some tactical difficulties. Chair issue over here. <laughs> um, sorry, squirrel. <laughs> uh, I, but, was, I, was, I was trying to be. I was trying to be. More. That was one of the more loud <laughs> chair removals of all time. Thank you, Patrick. After a minute, I was like, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but NBA or NFL draft had a ton of guys there. Uh, we had stuff signed by JSN, Will Anderson, CJ Stroud, uh, Jameer Gibbs, Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, Zay Flowers, and one not non rookie Najee Harris. Najee Harris is there. <laughs> it was just, but uh, awesome. Get you know get those guys early. Get them into product. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it's know, possible. Yeah. So you know before the even season starts, we'll have these guys with stuff in product with their pro teams, which is always cool. That's really awesome. And then uh, we went to Denver as well, and uh, Denver was a good show. They bought a whole bunch of stuff from it, but it's almost like the outside stuff was was a little bit cooler. Yeah, so personally, especially in the summer, I always try to get to baseball games when we travel. Yep. Um, I really wanted to go to Denver, didn't go. Uh, Eric and Matt went, decided we're going to go to a baseball game. Great. And they happened to be at the 25-1 to 1 drubbing <laughs> that the Angels put on the Rockies. Everybody should love that game. It was amazing. They want to see runs, and they want to see pro- uh, offensive production, and that's what you get. So I, I, the craziest stat I think of that game was Otani was one of seven. Yeah, he was awful. <laughs> it was a completely fl- it was a completely flipped game. Like everybody yeah. else who normally like goes, eh, they went off, and he was like, you know what, I'm taking the day. You know, you know, what? that's totally fine because he's setting records everywhere else in baseball. He has every he's the leader of every stat in the Angels. So if my man wants to take the day off, we can take a day but, off. So Trot was three for three before he was pulled with a home run. Okay. I think they went back That's to back. Stereotypical. Yeah. Trout's that. I think they went back to back to back at one point. Um, <laughs> Mickey Moniak was like five for five. Um, somebody else was five for five with four runs, five RBIs. Like it was just a crazy game. And to me, I, so the guys come back, I'm like, so you guys had to walk down to like the third row because everyone in Colorado had to leave. Right. All the Rockies fans left. Nope. Everybody stayed. Of course. You're like, hey, they might drop 40 on us. I want to be here for that. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it's like being a, a really 
I don't know, like a Memphis Grizzlies fan back in the day, and then <laughs> having Kobe and Shaq come to town, and then you just get absolutely mollywopped, but you want to stay because you don't get to see those guys very often. And they're put they're putting on an absolute dime of a show too, yeah. putting out twenty five runs. So two years ago, when they had the show in Denver, they actually did it on MLB All Star Weekend, uh, which was great. So I was actually went to that show, uh, went to the Futures game. Home run derby, right? Went to the home run derby. Otani was in the home run derby. So everybody, we I got right field tickets early on because just I was like, we gotta be in the outfield and have a chance to catch a ball. And then Otani went and then it went nuts because yeah. everybody wanted me in right field for Otani. And then Mr. Home Run Derby himself, Pete Alonzo, did crazy things and just put on a show. And we should have been in left field because he hit about 117 home runs. <laughs> is, is the home run derby one of the better all star of all all star break games? Is it one of the better ones? To me, competition wise, I me mean, dunk contest, three point contest. Football doesn't really have much, but like baseball's got the football used to. They used yeah. to have like I was just seeing clips uh, recently on TikTok of the old school things where like the. The Pro Bowl was, was just chucking the yeah. ball as far as they could at that type of thing. That would be NHL has now. its skills competition, which is always super fun. So, yeah. I don't know. Home Run Derby has, like everything baseball has, is just like it's been around for forever and people love it because of that. But anytime people want to watch others hit dingers, like yeah. it's just it's just fun watching that stuff. Yeah. It's always a great story. Yeah. I, to me, I think it's probably my favorite one. I The dunk contest, I think, used to be. Yeah. Uh, but I think we're getting to the point where we've seen most of these dunks before. And it's just, I think it's not as fun as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you don't have the stars like you used to, which, you know. That's the one thing about baseball. No. I mean, you have in the, in the home run derby, you have everybody who's every, anybody who's anybody exactly. is hitting home runs. And that's I mean, one of my favorite home runs was uh, Mark McGuire in Boston. And he was just hitting over the green monster. And it was just, it was ster- pure steroid era. And he was just launching them out of the stadium. It was incredible. Right. And you watch. always get like good stories out of it. Like remember Josh Hamilton a few years ago? I was thinking the same yeah. thing that like, Josh Hamilton. Josh one. Hamilton right I think that one was at Yankee Stadium and he just what he crushed like twenty four in one round or something crazy like that. And that was after he had overcome like a lot of stuff in his life. And all of a sudden it was just like this yes. awesome like I don't want to say coming out party was still pretty good, but he still was just like, man, that I just, I still, well, here you go. I still remember it today just yeah. because of that moment. So yeah. there it goes. When I was in Colorado, Trey Mancini, I think he made it to the finals and he was just coming off of, um, I think he had cancer and he missed the season. It was first, first year back after missing a season. He, I think he made it to the finals. I know he won the first round, but I think he made it to the finals. That was a really cool story. That's definitely, definitely cool. Um, yeah, for those of you who might be worried about Otani because he went one for seven in this massive game we were talking about, uh, just remember that last night he, he hit went. two home runs and struck out ten. Yeah. So his, not, which hasn't been done since eighteen ninety three. He'll be okay. He's he's the best player in baseball. He's, there's <laughs> no he's doing things that haven't been done since the eighteen hundreds. Like it's it's just it's so crazy. wild to me. I, and they can't get in the playoffs. Well, hey, this year maybe. We th- I thought that last year and the year before. They're actually playing well, but I will tell you when Otani came in and oh he's gonna hit and he's gonna he's gonna pitch and I'm like sure he is. No one because no one's done it. I, I you know my lifetime I've never seen. Of course. It. So of course. I'm like listen he might be really good at both. If he wants to play in the majors he's gonna have to pick one and and focus on that. And the fact that he's doing both at the very highest level. Yeah. Not just doing that. At he's. The- Doing like it. he is a top five pitcher and a top five hitter. It's mm-hmm. it, it's insane. He leads all offensive categories for the uh for the Angels pretty much. Almost all of them. And he has like all of the pitching 
categories. Yeah. He's an anomaly. He's one of the, he is the best player in baseball. So I, I have a fantasy league we play in um, where you have to pick. It's weekly lineups. Yeah. So you have to pick if you're going to start Otani as a pitcher or as a hitter that week. Ooh. What a choice. It's like, like, ooh, uh, do I want – like, I feel like every week I'd be mad that I made the wrong decision. Absolutely. <laughs> and, well, you'll still be happy, though, because you'll do all right. If he's starting two games that week, you just, you just blame a pitcher. That's the move there, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so that was fun. Um, anything else happened in Denver? Um, so they went to Casa Bonita. Yes. Casa Bonita. Yay. <laughs> so I guess it was pretty crazy. I guess they just, just reopened or doing a soft reopening. Um, and I guess they had like, they announced their opening and they have like a hundred thousand people reached out to get uh, well, reservations. Hold on real quick. You have to explain what Casa Bonita is because maybe not everybody listening knows. So I only know that it was on South Park. I don't know all the details. <laughs> so I'll, I will pass this on to you guys. Patrick. So Casa Bonita was, it was on South Park. It was yeah. this just this massive uh, Mexican restaurant that had like a whole bunch of stuff going on inside it. Like people jumping off cliffs into pools and like, <laughs> like a fake treasure, like cove. And there's like a whole bunch of stuff going on. There's this whole episode from South Park that was just straight up like, Cartman really wanted to go to Casa Bonita and talk about how great it is. He found out that Kyle was having his birthday there. And then Kyle told him he couldn't go because <laughs> he's only bringing his friends and Cartman isn't his friend, this whole thing. But uh, <laughs> point is, Casa Bonita sounded like this awesome place and it was real. It was an actual place, but it like closed after a while. So the creators of South Park bought it and they started redoing it. And they ended up putting like, like you said, $40 million into this restaurant just to bring it back to its like former glory. And I think opening weekend was as our guys were there they couldn't get tickets to get in there i think because that was sold out for a while but they got to at least go outside and take pictures of it and it looks great i mean <laughs> it should for 40 million yeah so, right so like that's just the thing so if you go to a, the next denver show go to casa bonita and relive cartman's dream for him <laughs> <laughs> but uh moving on to sports like we said uh the nba draft happened since we last started uh, a whole bunch of stuff happened here now we have a draft coming up well when the time when people listen to this tomorrow, the NHL draft will have been the night before. So two, um, both sports have just like prospects that are supposed to change the game. You know, we had Weminyana going to the Spurs and Connor Bedard and hockey should be going to the Blackhawks tonight slash yesterday. Um, and if they didn't, something amazing happened or tragic happened. I have no idea what, what where to put it. So uh, here you go. Here's a question for you. Weminyana versus Bedard, clear number one picks, clear supposed to be game changers, et cetera, et cetera. Who has the better card value in a year or even by the end of their career? What do you think? So I think this is, this is a loaded question here. Hmm. If both players do what they're supposed to do, it'll be Wimbayana by a landslide because the market for basketball is really worldwide and hockey, right, the course. hockey market is much more niche. Now saying that um, we've seen what happened with some top guys the last couple of years. We saw obviously Zion. Um, went through the roof, had some injuries, his stuff came back down. We saw LaMelo Ball have the same kind of trajectory, unfortunately. Um, last year, Banchero was good, but never didn't really have the hype that you know the last two guys did. Yeah. So I think people are a little bit more hesitant, uh, especially because Wambayana looks like a stick figure. Oh, right. He, he, is, he is the most talented stick figure I've, I've ever seen. Um, so people have some injury concerns with him. Uh, we saw Chet. Holmgren get hurt last year. Yeah. Um, made out of paper mache. So this it, it really is. Are you risk averse? If yeah. you if if you want the the safer bet, Connor Bedard's the guy. Um, you know, 
We even saw Connor McDavid had a couple injuries early in his career, and obviously he is who he is. Sidney Crosby, uh, probably the best top prospect before him. We've seen what happened to him. Uh, so I think that's the safer bet. But if you want, if you're looking to hit a home run, um, Wimbayana is your guy. You're just your your starting bids probably be a lot higher to get into that card than Bedard. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Um, Patrick, what do, what do you think about this? So when I was looking at it, I was looking at kind of like uh, kind of their accolades in a sense to see where they are and maybe have a trajectory of where they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Webinyama has way more accolades, I think. <clears throat> it's easier to kind of get those accolades in basketball than it is versus hockey. For sure. It's kind of more things to get. Uh, pro A champion, most valuable player. Best scorer, best defender, all pro first team. He was in the All Star game uh, for the NLB League twice and a best young player three times. He averaged 12.8 points in his career overseas, but he averaged 21.8 this past year, which is, I mean, just a ginormous step up. Right. And then I'm looking at Connor Bedard, uh, three time gold medal world champion. And what really surprised me was I was looking over his points and his just overall points, goals, assists, whatever. He played 134 games and had 271 total points with 134 goals and 137 assists. Yep. Getting a goal and an assist per game uh-huh. to me is an amazing stat, way better than any of the Webinyama stats that I just mentioned. Hmm. I think I don't know how it equates. I don't. I don't. I don't know if any of the stats that I just mentioned can <laughs> equate into which will they will they be good or will they won't be. But I'm with Tom. If you're going to go with the safe bet, I think Connor Bedard is going to be the money maker, keeps the lights on for you. And then if you want to hit a home run, Webby. Wemby all day. I just don't know if he's going to be able to withstand the the constant battle with Bam down low or with Giannis right away because he's he doesn't have the weight. He has the height, and if he can shoot well, maybe he'll be able to kind of be more of a transit a versatile versatile player. But how I, old how old is he again though? He's young. He's like he's seventeen, eighteen. I can't yeah. remember. It's, it's he's a baby. You have a lot. You have a long way to go. And Giannis was kind of in the same. Right. And once he filled out and turned into this monster, it was. So he has to kind of take that same path. But if he doesn't, he's going to find himself in a world of trouble, in my opinion. And I think his card value will fizzle out faster than Counter Bedard's. Well, we'll, I guess here's a question then. Will Bedard have more cards out there because of Wemby signing his deal and all that stuff? So that that is an interesting point. Uh, Obviously, Fanatic signed him to an exclusive. Panini is still making Panini basketball. So. You're going to see him in Bowman U. You're not going to see him in Flawless. You're not going to see him in Impeccable. Uh, so that is definitely going to affect things. Obviously, you know, LeBron James is the greatest player in the NBA right now. Part of the reason his value is so high is that he doesn't sign for a Panini. Can you say that again? The no. first play- no, you, no, you, no. You, you heard it once. Did, ever, did anybody just catch that? What? Saying LeBron James is the best player in the NBA? We heard it, but we don't. We're going to have to run that back real quick. He's Listen, wrong. It's fine. I can't believe that that just Listen. came out of your mouth. I Holy. I, Ray. I still can't stand the guy, but if you look. Listen, there's a reason that it, he is. People can argue that he's the GOAT. He's not, but you can argue it. Uh, but he doesn't sign for Panini, so it's a huge deal. Yeah. Um, 
for his value that you have to get stuff that is, you know, older upper deck stuff um, and stuff like that. Um, also, you look at the way Panini gets around that is that they put logo men in there. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a Wembeyama logo man coming out in a flawless or something like that because that's what they're going to do to uh, kind of hype the products and get Offset that value. The whole week. Absolutely, we don't have, we don't have a a triple logo man of Wembeyama, Miller, and Henderson. They could do something like that. Um, obviously, he went to the Spurs, so you could right. see a dual logo man of like Wembeyama and Duncan. Uh, yeah. um, so I, you know, they're going to get creative. They're still going to, they're still going to get that chase element in their products. Uh, and I, I think logo man's probably the way they're going to do it with flawless, which we, which we cool. Yeah. So then I have a question for you. Um, what cards will like, let me be on just Bowman. You like, what else can he be on? That's like, people are going to really chase for the That'll have his autograph. Um, well, we're not, we're really not sure what else, uh, Finax is going to come out with. Obviously, yeah. They can come out with some more products um, that can have his autograph in it. Right now, the only one out there is Bowman U, from what I know. Uh, but they definitely could have some more in the near future. But it'll definitely increase his value, except for the, sh- the short term, because there'll be less autos out there. Very rare. But there won't be pro uniform autographs, which is a lot of people yeah. love the pro uniforms. <clears throat> um, there's a reason why Topps Baseball has always been better than Panini Baseball is because and he can't use logo. So you're going to have that kind of give and take, uh, at least in the short term with Wembayana. You know, he's not going to have um, true RPA, you know, flawless RPA to go chase. He's not going to have uh, a lot of these things. So it will definitely affect his value. Um, so we'll, we'll see, you know, what Panini comes up with to, to really make that chase element for everybody. Nice. So the NBA draft happened, as we already mentioned, Wemby went – First overall to the Spurs, as he should have. But uh, after that, there were some other interesting things. It wasn't too crazy in the first round, I don't think. Like, in the beginning. No, co- went. Compared to last year, that was like zero trades. Last year, like, I felt yeah. like every other pick was traded. There was a couple, but not nearly the yeah, same Yeah, there weren't year. many. I was looking, kind of looking over the picks. There weren't too, too many. Or maybe just people just uh, obviously yeah. trading down spots. But wasn't much. No, exactly. So, what are your favorite, Pat, we'll start with, what are your favorite fits right now? I really love uh, the Trailblazers first round that they yeah. had. I think they picked up two great players, in the school, uh, one being Scoot Henderson and then the other one being Chris Murray from Iowa um, at 23. I really like him as a big man. I think they're going to do really great and help Dame kind of progress that team and hopefully make it more of a competitive team, especially out west that's super tough. Well, are they or is Dame going to be on the way out since Scoot's kind of his replacement? I don't think he's going to be on the way out. I mean, I see all these speculations of him being in like Miami strip clubs and stuff like that, but <laughs> um, I just don't I don't see him leaving. I mean, he he's clearly see uh, said it in the past where he's you know, wants to stay. Mm-hmm. So, and he doesn't seem like one of those people to back out of something that he's, that he has said before, in my opinion. I don't know. It just seems like a very, uh, honorable guy. So okay. I, I like, I like the trailblazers picks. Um, Carson Wallace going to the Mavs at 10. I didn't like the pick. Okay. Um, I thought, I thought the Mavs probably could have made one of those. Trades well, so that they, they made, so they, they did. that's actually, they, that went to, I know Oklahoma city. Yeah, but they only trade like two spots. Yeah, like, so I, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City got him. The, the Mavs traded oh, down right, to right, 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 right. So they, I think the Mavs probably should have went higher up to grab like a better point guard to because they're trying to replace Jalen Brunson right now. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just think they probably should have went with someone like Anthony Black from 
the Rays are from Arkansas. Okay. What do you got? So, obviously, like you said, Trailblazers, I love their first round. Uh, Scoot Henderson is going to be the chase in autographs for Panini, I think. Uh, I really, really like his game. I think he's going to be really exciting. Uh, we've seen some people compare him to an Allen Iverson, which is super exciting for the oh, NBA yeah. because everybody loves Iverson. Why would you pick him over Brandon Miller, who got drafted higher? So I personally think that Scoot is the better player. Okay. I think the reason that Charlotte went Brandon Miller was because they just drafted LaMelo. So you have, like, obviously Damon and Scoot could have some issues with them both being on the court. But at least Dame's a little bit older where you could say this is the kind of the new guy coming in. You just drafted LaMelo two years ago. Um, I think it would have been kind of awkward to, to draft him so soon. Um I love what Houston did. Um, Ahmed Thompson, I think, is the better twin. And then Cam Whitmore, who was Fell pro- a little bit, right? Yeah, he was projected. I, you know, I had him going five in my original mock draft. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have uh, the medical in, in, uh, information that the NBA teams did, which caused <laughs> him to drop. Yeah. Uh, but I really, if he can stay healthy, I really like that pick. The two of them got two of them together. Um, I like what the Mavericks did. So they traded down from 10 to 12 and they still got their guy and Derek lively. Um, They he's a, he's a true center. He can protect the rim. And when you have Luca and and Kyrie out there, people are going to drive by them. You need someone to protect the rim. I just don't think that's going to work out in the end. I mean, Luca has showed his frustrations already. I mean, I I just don't want people to forget what was happening at the end of this year. It was such a big deal to the NBA for them to just bow out of the playoffs and clearly there was something yeah. wrong. So I feel like <clears throat> I understand that they have Kyrie Irving, but at some point I feel like that's just going to – they're going to have to split from them, and then they're going to be left with no point guard, and they should have gotten one in the draft. I, I think it shows that they think they're going to keep Kyrie because they went and got a big man, which, which yeah, could be a bad idea, but I think they are doubling down on that, and they yeah. went and get the big man to protect the rim. Uh, I love the Anthony Black pick, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, for Orlando. Yeah. But their next pick at 11 <laughs> I did not like uh, – Jet Howard, I thought was a reach. I don't know if it was they had pick eleven and they couldn't find somebody to, to trade back with. Uh, but I didn't love that pick. You could have got Grady Dick. Pick I love at thirteen for Toronto. Um, Jalen Hood Shafino to the Lakers. I really like. Uh, an interesting one is Jamie Jacquez from UCLA, big time uh, college player, scorer. I think he fits Miami really well with how he plays. Um, so that's that's an interesting one. Brandon Podzimski for the Warriors. I like yep. that pick. I think I think he's going to do well, especially with Jordan Poole gone. Like it'll give him a nice chance to kind of gain some value. Yeah, and, you know, being on a really good Golden State Warriors team. Another interesting thing. I, I, sorry, I didn't cut you off there. No, I was just <laughs> I, I double checked to make sure I was right. But um, the Howard pick that you didn't that you said was a little bit of a reach. The Magic taking him. Well, it, he was Juwan Howard's kid, right? That's what I said. Yeah. So, and Juwan Howard played for the Magic, so I wonder if there was just something going on there. Maybe, yeah. Maybe they'll try and – because he work for the Magic? No. He no. Worked, he was in college. He, he, coach, college. he coaches yeah. Michigan. He coaches Michigan, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But I do think that maybe they might – maybe they're trying to plant seeds if they want to yeah. get him there or something. They yeah. want to have Juwan's kid and LeBron's kid? Yeah. Well, oh, my God. Let's not even get into that. <laughs> like even they've, even uh, right now they were projecting next year's draft – just real quick, and they projected uh, Bronny to go to Atlanta at number seventeen. I did see that, and then oh, and then oh. LeBron tweets out Atlanta James Gang pulling up. <laughs> he puts out his Instagram like, "Oh crap, people yeah. are gonna go." If he can do this every time somebody oh, puts out man. a mock draft where, where Bronny goes, that means Trey Young has left the Atlanta Hawks, and I would be very excited about that <laughs> when he's on the Knicks. 
Uh, if he's not, you know, I'll take it. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. How was the Knicks draft? The Knicks didn't have a pick this draft. <laughs> oh, poor I took the night off. I was actually pretty happy. I didn't have to sweat out <laughs> terrible picks. I you know, love it. We'll have like the first pick and go with like Anthony Black. Yeah. Is there, are there any other ones that happened that you were a fan of? So I, I just thought looking at some of the undrafted free agents, um, some guys that were really good in college, you can see people are kind of moving away from traditional big men. Drew Timmy did not yes. get drafted. It's so crazy. Um, I'm going to butcher his name, uh, but the kid from Kentucky, uh, Tashibui or whatever. I wanted to hear that. He was great in college and didn't get drafted. Um, so there's a lot of guys that I think. Uh, Marquis Noel, your boy from Kansas State, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, didn't get drafted. Ends up in Toronto. Uh, Toronto just lost Fred Van Fleet. Yeah, yeah. Toronto's uh, gonna have a nice. Toronto's had a nice little ten uh, year run. So I like, right. yeah, I like this kid to possibly kind of fill that role. Fred Van Van Fleet was also undrafted, mm-hmm. uh, undersized. Same thing with Noel. That was kind of the knock on him, and he ended up having a really good career there. We'll see where he ends up, but I like that pick. Drew Timmy in Milwaukee. I, the guy I think is just gonna be. Uh, Good role player for the next 12 years. He's going to be Pat Connaughton. (laughs) Do you guys think, um, because like you said, there's a lot of good players that aren't getting drafted now because there's so many people coming from overseas and, you know, different, different ways through college instead of going to college, et cetera, et cetera. With the way that there's like a G league and there's kind of like a whole basketball minor league system at this point in some ways, do you almost feel like the draft should be at least another round longer so some of these guys can get drafted and then be put onto their G League teams, et cetera, et cetera? Or because, like, don't you feel it's too short with only second round or two rounds? I think you're onto something there. Uh, I think they might do I – th- I feel like they probably will do that in the future where they kind of have more rounds of draft and put them into G League just to kind of hold on to that talent so they can, you know – Bring them up, drop them down, kind of like how like baseball does a little bit. I mean, it, it's really the only sport that doesn't have a minor league system other than football. And now we've seen obviously football X, kind of has one XFL yeah. and mm-hmm. all that coming out. So I would not be surprised if they they added around, they did more because there's a lot of you know we talk about in Buffalo, you know if they had a G League team or whatever, I'd go watch basketball here in Buffalo. Like absolutely, absolutely. Um, they used to have it. Yeah, so. I think there's a lot of markets that could use a minor league club for basketball and it'd be good, good for the sport, help grow the sport and uh, give some of these guys like a Drew Timmy who might not make the NBA now, who is a really, really good basketball player, an option other than going overseas. Yeah. All right. And now, now we just had last night, the, the NHL draft is happening. Um, by the time people listen to it, the first round will be over. Uh, the NHL draft is different because you're drafting players that unless you're getting one of the top players right off the bat, they might your team might not see them for or your fan base might not see them for two, three, four, five years, depending on what position they take. Um why is that? They're younger. Mostly it's because they're just younger and they have to fill out their bodies have to get better, bigger, stronger. Um, like you said, they're a bunch of 16, 17 year olds. Same thing you were talking about with Wemanyana, except they're not all seven four. Gotcha. You know, they have to figure out how to play, you know, the NHL game. Um like you you mentioned earlier, Bernard's stats where he was just dunking on people. Um <laughs> he was Arm in the ring. Yeah, exactly. And he's still going to be really, really good. Like, don't get me wrong. But a lot of these other guys who are still doing really well against their junior equivalents, and now they got to figure out how to do it against like 28 year olds who are bigger and stronger and smarter than them, you know, in most cases. So a lot of these times, these guys have to go down and 
you know, the NHL teams, they tend to have like a certain plan for them. Like, oh, we want you to start playing a certain way because you'll fit into our system better, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, what? I would say, yeah, you look at guy who looks who's probably go number two at Fantilli. He's going to be playing college hockey next year. Yep. So, you know, second overall pick and he's going to be playing in college. Mm -hmm. There's him, like Leo Carlson's another one. Like they just have these big, massive centers. Will Smith, he's in the U.S. program, I believe. And just these massages. And then you have Mitchkov, who's – you know, this, this Russian who could be fantastic, but you know, sometimes people get worried like, Oh, does he's, where's he going to play? What's he going to do? Will he come over? Cause of everything going on with, you know, Russia, it's always been that way. Like, it's always like, are these guys going to do this? That I feel like if you're putting your name in the draft and you get picked that you'll probably go over, but that's, I mean, that's just me. I mean, with everything going on over there, if, the, if, if that was that bad, I don't think he probably put his name down in the draft. So it's true, but a lot of these guys, the timeline's different. So Mishkov is signed in the KHL for the next two years. Okay. So very at the at your best case scenario, he's not coming over here for th- for three years or two years, whatever it is. Uh, so that it changes it because obviously now you have three years where a guy like Fantilli is playing one more year of college, and the next year will probably be playing uh, in the NHL. So it's very baseball esque almost. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. That's cool though. I like that. Yeah, it's. It's it's definitely different from the NBA draft where you know you have you're drafting guys and if you go in the lottery you're basically going to be playing your first year. Yeah. Um, other than Bedard, I'd be surprised if anyone starts the year at the NHL level. Maybe right. someone gets called up near the end, but really Bedard's gonna be the only one stepping into a, a pro uniform. Has there ever been a player from like the sixth or seventh round that like has turned out to be just sensational all the time? Yeah. Really, and almost all of them are foreign players. You get guys like Dadzuk and Zetterberg who helped the Red Wings win multiple cups. How long um, does it take to get there? Like on average would say like, cause the, most of those guys in the sixth or seventh round from what you guys are saying, like aren't necessarily going right to the league. So there's going to be some buffer time between then and then joining the league. Yeah. So I think those guys played a couple more years overseas before they came over. Um, you know, a, a player that Mishkov is being compared to is Kaprizov from Minnesota. Yeah, he was a fifth round pick, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing, concerns about him coming over, all that kind of stuff, and came over, and he's probably fifteenth top ten, fifteen player in the league right now. I guess the way to put it to answer your question is. A lot of it depends on the player and how much work they put in, obviously, for anything. But with the NHL, like with these guys you're drafting, you're drafting them from, you know, the Russian League, the Swedish League, Finland League, guys from college, guys who are in three different junior leagues in the U.S. and Canada. Like they all play all over. You know, there's a million. They're all playing in different leagues, which have different styles and different competition, but you're still trying to see how their skills translate to the NHL style. And sometimes you're like, Hey, this guy looks like he's a good skater and can do this. And then it turns out that he can't do those things and it doesn't work out for him. And other guys you're like, ah, he might be able to do it. Who knows? Like you said, you take him in the sixth round and all of a sudden he pops off and and he's great. Right. You know, like, cause you just, it becomes a real big crapshoot at that point. Sometimes you take someone in the sixth round who doesn't even exist. Well, yeah, that's a funny story too. But that's that's not happening anymore. That no. was. Do you ever hear that story? Of course, I have not. I don't really? Know. Okay. I don't, I don't believe you can that. tell them. Go. So I don't remember the year. I don't remember. Remember seventy four. Seventy four. I haven't heard the story. The Sabers drafted a made up player from Japan. I love the strategy. Yeah, it was basically a thing where the GM at the time was getting like frustrated with how long people were taking, et cetera, et cetera. So he literally just walked up and drafted, I think it was 
Taro Tujimoto or however you say it. And he just said completely made up name from the, yeah, from the Tokyo blades or whatever it was, or katanas. I can't remember what he said. So everyone's going nuts trying to find out who the who heck is this guy. How the sabers find this guy? Who is he? Um, they actually made a card. Um, I, I think it's like a 90 Fleer or something, mm. but he actually has a card of a, a made up player. So I have no idea who they actually, there's someone there. out there in the world <laughs> with that name. Yeah, I guarantee there are you. people. There are people like every now and then you'll go to a Sabres game and there's somebody who for the LOLs have like a Tujimoto jersey. Oh, I gotta get myself a <laughs> Tujimoto <laughs> jersey. That's the next jersey I get before <laughs> it's I turn really. Wait, wait. Yeah, you're almost forty. Yeah, you can't be wearing jerseys. Hey, no, I, got, I got some years. I got some years. You're yeah. good. You're good. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about the NHL draft for? Um, I'm just gonna moving? real quick. A uh, couple guys I really like that are uh, not Bedard, Fantilli, Mitchkoff, or Carlson, which is pretty much your top four guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Wood, uh, another big center being compared to the jersey I'm wearing here, Tage Thompson. Um, two guys a little bit later, Alva Moore and Zach Benson are two guys I have an eye on who might be picked in the teens. That could be really good. Alva Moore can flat out fly, um, can skate with the best of them. So he's kind of a guy that I, I have my eye on. And uh, other than that, Will Smith and Ryan Leonard, who could go anywhere from that four to eight range, I think are two really, really good players. Um, Will Smith, they're talking about Jack Hughes comparisons, who was a first overall pick a few years ago and is great. And then uh, Ryan Leonard, uh, Matthew Tuchuk, we all saw what he did recently, Mm -hmm. uh, comparison there. So just real interest to see where these guys end up. The NHL draft is probably one of the most unpredictable drafts because of, as Joe said, you have guys from all different leagues. So certain teams, favor guys in different leagues and all that kind of stuff. So it's always always a lot of fun to see where who, these guys end up. Who do the boys want the Sabres to take? You go first. I know who, who I want them to who's take. The, who's the realistic pick that you want them to take? So I, I've seen Matthew Wood a couple times for the Sabres. I'd really like that pick. What position um, is he? he? He can't skate. Don't worry about it. Um, no, <laughs> well, what? Yes, you can. <laughs> I believe in you. No. He was just saying, yeah, Wood's the center from Connecticut or whatever. I like Axel Sandin, Palika. I, I might say it wrong the whole time, but A, I like calling somebody ASP. B, he's a defender. Um, now I know we have our defensemen like Sandin and or Sandin. Oh my God, he's what I'm talking about. Darlene, too many leans in this world yeah. <laughs> um, and power and all that jazz, but he kind of like fits in there because he does. He brings something a little different. And yeah. I, I like that idea a whole bunch because we also have so many forwards in the system that I'd like to see them go defense. And there's not too many top tier D in this draft. It's kind of like everybody more falls in the middle, but yeah, that's probably like three defensemen. And after that, there's Tim Ryan. Reinbacher's really good. And then uh, Willander, Tom Willander. Yeah, Willander. So, yeah, that's it. Um, the draft's cool. But speaking of young players, uh, Major League Baseball's got quite a few of them, and they are kind of popping off. Uh, it's no secret. A lot of them are starting to get called up, uh, like we were just mentioning off air. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz. He's, he's been Stunned. amazing. He's been amazing. I'm really excited because, well, I'm really excited because I'm going to the Taylor Swift concert this weekend. Mm. And it's That's in Cincinnati. Amazing. It's in Cincinnati. I don't care. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. And it didn't cost me $1,500. But uh, the night before, we are going to the Reds game because we were just like, screw it. The Reds, at the time we bought the tickets, it's like the Reds were kind of not great. Tickets were like 16 bucks. And then they called up Ellie. He's been popping off. He's hitting... 300. I think he's at 299 right now. Um, he's got a couple home runs in RBIs, but it doesn't matter. It's yeah, just him for the cycle. Yeah, yeah I know. He's, he's, just, he's doing A-OK. You know? yeah. And just everything about him has been great. Uh, the Reds have 
been really good since he got called up. He um, beat out a ground ball the first. Yes, yeah, isn't it insane? He, he, <laughs> dude's most, insane. One of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Yeah, they won like 13 straight, like right after he got called they, up. It was something. It was something crazy. And even the games they like, they lost a few games to like the Braves, who were a really good team. They lost like by one run. Like, yeah. They're still leading their division. I think they're like. They're 42 and 38 right now. I don't know. I'm kind of, I was, like I said, I've said before on this podcast where I really like baseball teams that like usually don't pop off, start to do well. And they're one of them. So like, it's really cool. I'm really excited to see them. Plus they're playing the Padres. So like you'll have them come in and you you never know what could happen there. I don't think I'm going to get some sort of 25 to one game like the other guys got. (laughs) You never know. But but I guess you never know. You're right. Soto, Tatis. Machado, like that's a, that's a, a lot of fun, a lot of good good players there. It'll be a good time. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, other players I'm getting called up too. Uh, Patrick, who do you have your eye on? I like a Lu- uh, Luis Eras Eras. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just had the pronunciation. Patrick doesn't speak Spanish. Head, it's fine. I, I do sometimes. <laughs> Areas. Yeah, there we go. Thank you, Luis Areas. He uh, since coming on the scene has just been an absolute sensation. Yeah. Um, Batting three ninety nine, he's chasing four hundred. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, has had, let's see, one hundred and thirteen hits in seventy four games, which is really, really good. Almost like a Connor Bedard stat, <laughs> <laughs> and has has helped. Uh, I don't know the Marlins kind of stay away from uh, the lower tier of the MLB. I guess a little. They're bit. in a wild card position, right? Yeah. Now. Um, I Another really like. I think fun. I feel like he should. Uh, Probably have more value. I don't, I don't hear his name too often. Doesn't hit enough dingers. Yeah, man. yeah, that's it. I the, mean, the, the whole you he know, produces, chicks, he's a baseball, he's a baseball lovers player. Yeah. The old saying, "Chicks dig the long ball." Right, well, well Car- co- collectors dig. <laughs> car nerds love it. <laughs> yeah, collectors like the long ball. I I, I agree with you. Um, yeah, I think he has as many home runs. And he started the season up. I'm pretty sure he has as many home runs in the full season that De La Cruz already has. Yeah, you know for the Reds, I like too. All right, uh, you have that second. Yeah. I, I just want to take your guy. Hopefully, no. You're, you're Eugenio Suarez. He is the uh, the Mariners' Kenny Powers. <laughs> oh yeah, I, he's on my fantasy team. I'm going to show you pictures for the the folks at home. Look, Eugenio Suarez. <laughs> he is just an amazing. Wow, person. he looks pretty. That's pretty the out. Mariners' Kenny Powers. He plays shortstop. It's he pretty is good ball. One of my favorite people in the league right now. It doesn't get enough burn. <laughs> I love it. All right, Tom, who are your guys? Um, so obviously Corbin Carroll's doing great things for Arizona, uh, winning the NL West. Um, Pirates still hanging around there in the in the NL and at least in the NL Central. O'Neill Cruz, love that guy. Uh the Rangers, Josh Jung is part of that young core. Uh that O'Neal is Cruz hurt. What was that? Isn't O'Neill Cruz hurt though? He was, yeah. Is he back already? I didn't um, see. He's supposed to be coming back. Okay, he might, he might not be back right Ooh. now. He got Astro Party might be able to see him. Yeah. versus De La Cruz. It's the Pirates versus the Reds. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. Oh man! Wow, cruise on cruise. <laughs> but uh, Josh Josh Jung for the the Rangers, who has been, you know, they're have I think the third best record in baseball right yep. now. But let me talk about my Orioles. Yeah, go for it. Talk, um, talk that talk. It's the whole team. Adley Rushman talk. might be. I got about five minutes yeah. left. So Adley Rushman might be the best <laughs> best catcher in baseball okay. right now. Um, I almost heard player. No. Gunner, oh, Gunner, he's Gunner, not that crazy. Gunner Henderson uh, started off slow, and he is hitting bombs and gotten hot. Uh, they just called up Jordan Westberg, another young player for him. Um, so a lot of good things happening there. 
I still think they're a year away from really making a run, uh, but I would love to see them sneak into a wild card uh, and get some postseason experience for the young guys. I think you guys just need pitching. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But uh, but our bullpen's been amazing. So right. we're, we've been leaning on that. Uh, but you do need a, a frontline starter, which hopefully Grayson Rodriguez is at some point. So I was going to say, what they moved him down, right? Because yeah, oh, they're struggling. Yeah, Dan Kramer, or Dean Kramer. He's good. He's he's on my uh, fantasy team. I love then, when you know people from your fans. It's yeah, my favorite bro. part. <laughs> and then for all you collectors out there, you always want to be one step ahead. You might have missed the boat on this guy, but you know, keep getting those prospects. Uh, Gavin Williams got called up by the Guardians Ooh. last night through seven. I think scoreless or maybe one run, like one hit. Um, Good start. Great start for, for one of the top prospects. Yeah. So, you know, always look for that guy who you think is going to be the guy next called up because when he gets called up, his value is going to skyrocket. Did he get the W at least? He did not. They won 2-1, <laughs> but no <laughs> W. I know. But I, I'm, me. I'm losing one nothing in wins I'm and fantasy breaking, this week. I'm breaking every bat <laughs> of the batters in that, in that <laughs> locker room. If you can't help me get the – what do you score or what do you – what was the stats again? It was like seven, seven innings, like one hit. I think it was no runs. And you, oh my god! As a pitcher, <laughs> I would, I would break everybody's bat. You couldn't get me two runs, one run. That's amazing. Oh, I used to. I get just so, like as I, I used say, to get so you get heated fired up, up about yeah. that. Yeah. So. That's it. There's definitely a bunch of MLB young guys to look out for, which is different from last year where everybody who you were like pumped about, they all kind of just floundered. Other than Julio Rodriguez, almost well, of everybody fell off last year who you thought was me good. So I think that's part of the reason why baseball is so hot right now. Everybody's um, doing really nice. It's, it's a lot of young guys that chase that are playing really well. I love it. All right, guys. Well, we got only got a couple minutes left before we got to go. So let's move right into our final thoughts here. Um, Patrick, what you got for us this week? Um, <clears throat> two quick ones. Okay. I know it's final thoughts, so I guess uh, multiple thoughts. Well, thoughts is plural. Um, so far, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Started off to an amazing, amazing. An amazing start. So good. If you guys haven't been watching it, I suggest you Can't watch it. it I know we kind of talk about entertainment and stuff like that. I think it's just it, it, this this week uh, this week's episode where you're probably going to be listening to this the day after mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston is this I, week. I can't and wait I'm to watch. so excited, um, but. And sports related, if you missed out on the College World Series for baseball, you can really miss out. Right out. Awesome. You missed out, man. That from the start to finish, college baseball to me just kind of reignites my love for baseball and kind of shows me why I absolutely played four years of D3 baseball <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> it's they're just the the drive and the love for the game and just I mean, you watch one game. One team scores 24 runs. You watch the next game. The other team scores 18 runs. I mean, it's everything that you want as far as production goes, as far as action goes. It's not one nothing. It's not 2-2. You're getting these unbelievable players who are hopefully going to put on amazing careers in the future, and we'll, we'll be talking about them in our upcoming podcast. Yeah, it was crazy that the first, first game of the series was like 4-3 in extra innings, mm-hmm. and then it was 25-4. Then eighteen to four. Yeah, it's it was, insane. It was a really great. Uh, that's one of the play. The one of sporting events I want to go to in my life. It'd be is, really cool. Is college you know, it's, it's funny that you say it that way. I know I'm jumping on what should be a final thought here, but I feel the same way about the softball World Series too. Like for some reason, my dad always watches that. It's probably yeah. because he was softball dad with my sister growing up. But I've been watching that for years. Like those girls go nuts. Up like college softball, the tournament is super fun to watch. Too. Both yeah. of them are. It's yeah. amazing. It's electric. It is really basically college does playoffs better than anybody else. Nobody, <laughs> nobody <laughs> loves it. Uh, Thomas, what you got for us this week? Um, so uh, Netflix came out with a, a three part series on Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, I didn't even hear about it. Just called Arnold. 
and it oh. and it was amazing. Yeah. Um, I've always loved Arnold because back in the day, watching him in the '90s, action hero like that, you know, kid growing up, Terminator, and um, I mean, comedy stud too. Don't oh, forget. Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, but but it like it for, so it's like really a three three part series. The first part is basically him bodybuilding, uh, and obviously the things he went through to become a bodybuilder. Does it make um, you want to do push-ups? No, because I'd do like seven if you winded. <laughs> um, then the second part is basically his movie career. And the third part is basically him being a politician. And I've always liked Arnold. He obviously does a ton with the Arnold classic. And you always see him out there, you know, giving speeches and, you know, always giving back to the community. I never realized how smart he was. Having like listen to him talk and narrate and go through his life. Obviously, he, he was governor of California, so he had to be kind of smart. But I was I was left uh, with a, even a higher opinion of of Arnold. Um, obviously, he had his missteps, which he kind of talks about with um, his housekeeper or whatever, and, and that kind of stuff, which isn't great. But overall, um, what what a great man and and great things that he accomplished. How, how after watching it? How long did you do his his accent for? How long did you talk like Arnold? <laughs> to the chopper? Yeah, dude, there's no way you can't watch <laughs> That's a three part series yeah. and then walk away not I, talking and, like Arnold. And I watched all three in one sitting because I, I watched it and I was like, this is amazing. Got to keep going. Power right. through all three of them. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, yeah. So for me, um, people listening to this, the NHL draft was last night. It's one of my favorite drafts. I mean, NFL overcomes, but I've cared about the NHL draft far too much for most of my life. Um, all these kids that eventually a lot of them go up and end up being, you know, next to nothing, like we said, but I dive in and I really learn who these guys are and who I want, et cetera, et cetera. I've traveled to go to NHL drafts. I went to one in Columbus. I went to the one here in Buffalo, traveled to Pittsburgh. You know, it's close enough. We go to the draft, have a few beers, have a good time. Like it was, it's always a really, really fun time. So if you're listening to this last night, I went out and watched the draft again because I just it's just like a thing that I like to do. Go out, have a couple beers, see the draft. So I'm really excited for it. It's just one of my favorite sporting events of the year to just like chill and have a good time with because trades happen. Picks are exciting. And because of the you know uncertainty we mentioned earlier about how these guys will turn out, a bunch of weird stuff will happen, which is always fun. Like, you know, when, oh, this person's definitely going to go here. Nope, they didn't. We took somebody that wasn't on anybody's board or something like that. So I'm excited to see how it plays out in a little bit. I uh, can't wait to get there tonight and just hang out and have a good time. Uh, but, yeah, but that's it. Um, I will say it, it, it felt really good. I kind of mentioned this earlier. It felt really good to have people miss us for a week. You know, like we, we do this and we have a good time doing it. And uh, it was fun to hear, you know, to get like messages from different people. Saying, like, Where's the podcast? I was looking for the podcast. I always listen to the podcast on my Thursday way home. It's like. All right, maybe we're doing something good here. So that's a good feeling. So here it is for you guys. I hope you enjoy it. Um, thank you again to everybody for listening. Thank you again for everybody who emails us. Again, you can always email us at podcast at hipparadecollection.com. Give us your comments. Tell us how we're doing. Ask questions. We'll ask them. We'll answer them on air. We don't care. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but we got Tom has a meeting, so we got to get out of here. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening yet again. And uh, we'll see you next week. Peace out.